Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 50 of the Powerhouse Podcast. Today, I'm so excited to introduce all of you guys to not one, not two, but three of my former clients who have been tremendously successful both inside and outside of pageantry. Today, we have the Lydia Tremaine, Miss Indiana 2018, top 15 winner at Miss America and preliminary winner of talent at Miss America. We have Emily Schumacher, who was Miss Minnesota's Outstanding Teen 2017, placed top 10 at nationals and top five for her interview. And last but not least, we have Demi Johnson, one of my very first clients who has competed in the Miss Indiana organization and now has gone on to be tremendously successful as a reporter and journalist in her home state of Indiana. I'm so excited for you guys to listen to these three ladies' perspective on life, both inside and outside of pageantry, and how to be successful as a boss, powerhouse woman. So listen to today's episode. I am so excited to interview three of my favorite women. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Powerhouse Podcast. I'm here with three of my former clients who are also now friends and just phenomenal women who are absolute powerhouses in their own right. Um, I'm Coach Megan. For those of you guys who are new to the podcast, you might have been shared, uh, have this shared from a friend of yours. It's been an amazing season so far where we've had awesome, awesome women coming on the podcast. I have so enjoyed not being the one speaking all the time because I talk way too much in my normal life anyways, coaching everyone. So today is another opportunity for me to be on the other side of things, getting to interview and just hear about the lives of women that have become such vital parts of my life and who are doing amazing things in their own right. So welcome to the podcast, ladies. I'm going to let you introduce yourselves and let's start with Demi. Hi guys. Thanks so much for having me on, Megan. My name's Demi Johnson. i former competitor in Miss America organization. I competed for 10 years, starting when I was 13 till I was 23, and then um, switched over to Miss USA right after. And um, in the process of all that, I was obviously in college, graduated, and have been um, a TV news reporter for three years now. Yeah. She's amazing, you guys. Go follow her. I tagged all of their links in the show notes. And if you're watching the Instagram live as we're doing this, I also tagged all of their handles there so you guys can go look at those. Okay, Lydia, you are next. Hi, everyone. I'm Lydia, and I have only competed within the Miss America organization. I started back when there was actually a preteen program in 2009 and competed until I was Miss Indiana 2018. Awesome. And she was prelim talent winner at Miss America, made top 15, should have made top everything, but that's just my opinion. (laughs) And last but not least, Emily, glad to have you here, Lydia. Hey guys, I'm Emily. I competed in the Miss America organization since I was like 15, but I actually did team first. Um, I competed for two years and then won Miss Minnesota's Outstanding Team 2017, and now I'm currently competing in the Miss division. Yeah, she is. Love it. Killing it. So we got Team Indiana and we got Team Minnesota and Team Nebraska here. And largely who I um, coach, just for you guys who are listening or who may be like not in the pageant world at all, I largely coach women in starting off in the Miss America organization, but obviously with my success in USA and just even because I love the organization, um, I've coached a lot more women in the USA organization as well. So if you know somebody who's looking for an interview coach specifically, um, we can help you out. We are almost full for this season 
And it's been really, really exciting. Part of what we're going to talk about today and kind of the um, model for today is talking about what happens after pageantry. So, so many of these women have done incredible, all of these women have done incredible things post pageant life. And um, even with Emily just transitioning from teen into a, a Miss Winter and hopefully Miss Minnesota this year, we're going for it. It's going to be amazing. She got second runner up on her first try as like an infant, 18 year old, 19 year old, and it's just awesome. But I think a lot of times there's just a, a stigma and a stereotype around pageant women, that this is our sport and this is something that we've done from such a young age and that we don't go on to do anything else uh, amazing. But one of the things that I love and that I'm so excited to talk about an interview at Miss USA are all the ways that pageant women really are powerhouses outside of that. So Demi, I'd love for you to start us off. Um, you're a TV news reporter and journalist now who's doing some amazing things. And you did grow up with pageantry kind of as your sport and something that you did for so long. How has pageantry um, affected the narrative of your life and helped you become the woman and the career woman that you specifically are today? I'd love for you to start us off. Yeah, so I think pageants have helped me. I, I notice it more and more the longer I have like the longer I'm a reporter I notice it but it's little weird things like sometimes when you work in a field where you're exposed to so many different people from so many different walks of life you a celebrity and a, a queen to those people in a sense and that's something we learn early on in pageants right we learn that so many people are looking to us to be a voice for them or to be an ambassador for them or someone who they can look up to or go to and tell, talk to talk about things with and I just think like so many great journalists are not speakers they're listeners and when you wear a crown you're always listening to people talk and other just little weird things that kind of coincide with the two jobs of being a title holder and being a reporter is knowing where that fine line is I have friends who are reporters who sometimes struggle with like knowing how to handle that celebrity status because it's really tough sometimes to be a reporter and know when you're crossing a line and I think pageant girls struggle with that too sometimes like you're offered so many different opportunities and you have chances to elevate yourself and your brand but you don't want to do it in a way that's unprofessional and you don't want to cross a line that makes you seem unethical as a reporter and for me i just feel like i've kind of been practicing that my whole life and because of pageants and i think that part of the job is a lot easier for me but again the biggest thing is just knowing how to connect with people from everywhere i mean i feel like for me it's so easy to get a story and to get people to talk to me and tell me things because they trust me because I can walk into a room and relate to you even if we have nothing in common. Wow, that's so powerful. And so for, for the people who are listening who may not be pageant people, can you describe to those listening um, how the heck pageants are the things that, that have trained you to do those things? Why in the world is being a local title holder or competing at the state level um, in pageants the communication skills, how can you talk to different people? Why in the world does pageants help you with that? Because when you decide that you're going to compete in a pageant, you're deciding that you're going to be a voice and represent a group of people. And usually 
you know, people just want to talk to you because you have a crown on your head. So that part of the job is easy, but it's getting people to trust you, to ask you to come back to events, to, um, you know, just want you around them that makes you a good title holder. And that's the same thing that makes you a good journalist. You know, you have the camera and the microphone as your tool. Of course, someone is going to want to talk to you, but you get people to open up to you a lot more when you are yourself. And that's something I learned from doing this. You know, I started competing in pageants when I was five. Um, and something that you taught me specifically is that you don't have to be that you don't have to fit in a mold. Like you just have to be who you are. And that is something that I struggle with on air in my professional life. I'm getting better at because I just tell myself, these people just want to know me. They want to hear from me on the worst day of their life and on the best day of their life, they're turning on their TV and they're listening to me talk. And I think that's really powerful when you realize they don't want this made up version of me. They just want me. So a pageant girl's life and job is so much more important off the stage and in those interactions with people than it is on the stage, in my opinion. And that's what carries, that's what carries you in life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for that compliment. Um, I think that's so beautiful to watch people and in that unveil specifically. And I think with all three of you guys, I've watched that be such a story in your own lives where you've had to kind of have that wake up call and realize that the standards that we, for some reason, put on ourselves, whoever you want to blame it on TV, media, social media, parents, bullying the popular girls in school who never liked us. And now we're like, mm, honey, um, just saying <laughs> my 10 year class reunions next year. And I'm like, hello all you boys who didn't talk to me no anyways um but I think pageants just have such a funny way of helping us um expose our true nature and I you know I think I saw an amazing quote the other day that said uh hard times don't change people they expose people and I thought that was so good and I think pageants have a way of exposing every little thing in you because when you're on this pathway to personal growth and development you're choosing to submit every part of your identity, every part of your gift mix, every part of your weaknesses, your strengths, your tendencies, um, your skills, and all the things that you're, you're not great in too. And you're, you're bringing those to a light and you're saying, yeah, let's just judge the crap out of me for every single one of these things. So Lydia, I'd love for you to speak to that next of just what that unveiling was for you. And I know you said that a little bit in the last episode that you were a part of, um, but tell us again, and we have a lot of new listeners, just kind of uh, your revelation of how that unpacking and that wake-up call was for you to realize that actually the, the most attractive thing about you was when you let go of the standard of perfection or whatever it was that you thought was the Miss Indiana image and how you gained the confidence to be yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I really can't even believe when I look back to three years ago when I was in the midst of competing and through all that struggle. And for those of you who aren't familiar with my journey, um, I've spoken on a lot how for a really long time competing, I wasn't finding success as a miss. So my first year I did six locals and I didn't even make it to state. Um, I runnered up at sweeps and that was uh, four years ago this month actually. And then I did six more locals the following year. And I finally won my first local, but then went to Miss Indiana and did not even place in the top 10. And then I did four more locals 
2018, I won Miss Fort Wayne. And then I started working with you right before Miss Fort Wayne and just had all of these epiphanies leading up from a Miss Fort Wayne to Miss Indiana, which was really only an eight month period. And I went from losing four locals to winning Miss Indiana. And I think the biggest thing when I look back to that timeline in my life, um, for a long time, I let the image of what I thought people were telling me I should be to be Miss Indiana was true. Mm -hmm. I believe the falsities I was telling myself with my imposter syndrome, which is something that you taught me all about. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't even know I had imposter syndrome and dealt with all of this self-hate um, until I really took a look in the mirror. And instead of looking for excuses why I was losing those locals and other variables, I had to take a really hard look at myself and a hard look at what I was telling other people um, I should be. And instead of letting other people define me, just learning how to love Lydia on a daily basis, letting the definition others had for me go and making that definition for myself and just completely believing in the message I had and I wanted to give the state of Indiana and believing in that, um, which was a really big daily struggle. But of course, when you are working really hard and you have mentors in your life who are providing you tools, um, you're going to be successful within those. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I know that the whole world is so proud of you and we've been able to watch your success for the past two years, all of your guys' success in totally different ways, which is so beautiful and equally valid and equally wonderful. But Lydia, I'd love for you to speak a little bit more on, I think it's great of what you've said, but I think a lot of times people get stuck with the how it's, I think we hear from so many motivational speakers and we have free information up the wazoo, whatever we want with podcasts and, and TED talks and all these different things on Netflix that we can watch that are saying, okay, here, here's what you should do. But how did you start to change your routine for kind of that daily consecration of getting from point A to point B? Because obviously you were stuck for so long and there had to be this, this change. Was it your habits? Was it your you know mindset? And how did you change those things? So for me, um, I remember like two big phases in my life as a competitor. Um, I remember like when I really just didn't have any money to invest, right? And I still think when you don't have money or you don't have the resources quite yet, uh, what you can do is use tools like this, like listen to a powerhouse pageantry podcast, listen mm -hmm. to professionals um, in whatever it is you're pursuing, if that's pageants, if that's work, if that's a career that you're interested in. There's podcasts out there that you can at least absorb information and hear from other experts who have succeeded in that. And that's a free tool that you have at all times. That's what's wonderful about this world of social media. Uh, a big positive from that is the connections that you can use. And then when you get to a point where you're like, you know what, I have money to invest in this. Um, for me, that was investing in coaching with you because I knew that I was lacking the ability to see kind of how my personality came off. Um, I had a really hard time at that point in my life with mental health and you had all of these amazing tools because you again are an expert in this field. You had all these tools to give me and um, just mentor me and provide those blind spots of information that I wasn't seeing about myself to teach me how to grow, to do the daily things I needed to do to get out of my head and, uh, you know, leave that imposter syndrome, leave that anxiety to just overcome and love myself on a daily basis. Um, going to experts once you have the ability financially, um, I think is a great tool if you're truly serious about going forward in the direction of that career path. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so powerful. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah, I think it's just so inspiring to others to, not just focus on what you don't have, but I really think that when a dream is worth it 
to you, you'll be willing to invest in yourself in either time, talent, or treasure. And it looks like different things for different people. But at the end of the day, there's one thing that's true and there's one thing that's constant. People who want to win in life will make it happen. And that's something that all three of you guys did in totally different ways. And again, with, with different results, but the beauty of life. And I think as we get older, it's something that I'm even realizing. We just gain perspective every single year where you're like, oh my gosh, that mattered so much to me at that time. And I thought my life was over. And I thought that everything was crashing down because something was outside of my expectation. But in, in the long scheme of things, you know, God is a different timeline and things work out the way that they should, as long as we're continuing to do the daily things and getting our heart right to stay the person that we want to be and keeping focus on those goals that are ahead of us. So thank you for sharing that. So next, Emily, um, you've obviously had a little bit of a story with that too, competing in Outstanding Teen a couple times and placing in the top five in that same placement. I know so many people have felt stuck in both pageantry and outside of pageantry. Maybe it's their work life, maybe it's their spiritual life, maybe it's their relational life. And um, when we started working together, so many things just started to kind of click. Um, I'd love for you to speak, not just about me or our coaching, but just what was happening in you as a teen. And then also, you know, maybe speak a little bit as an adult now. Um, but what do you think was the difference maker that helped you to get unstuck um, in changing the things that you needed to change to ultimately like almost in a moment, a few months, then end up winning the title and being tremendously successful, obviously at nationals as well. Yeah, well, first off, I could barely uh, talk about my platform when we first started. I remember that. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> like, I literally could not describe my platform in a, like, four sentences. It was awful. But so yeah, funny. I had competed for two years. I really didn't have any help. And I finally sat down after I was second runner up and said, what do I need to do to get the crown? I knew that I didn't need to change who I was, but I needed to open up my true self. Um, I kind of had this wall put up in an interview and even on stage, my mom was like, Emily, you're not like the spunky girl you are on the dance competition stage or when you're out playing soccer with your friends or whatever. And so that's when I obviously contacted you and just learning how to break down those barriers and not having to like prove something to somebody else. Um, especially like now with being in college and competing in Miss, that's one thing that like my everyday life, I go into meeting new people and going into interviews, just taking that guard down and just showing people who I really am. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so you're going to hate me for this question because I know you <laughs> way too well, <laughs> but how, how have you started to take that guard down? So guys, for those of you guys who are listening, uh, Emily is an Enneagram three. Um, Lydia's a two. Demi, I forget. Are you a three? I feel like you're a three. I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll take the test after. I feel like you're a three just knowing you with probably a two wing. Anyways. Um, so Emily's a hardcore three with a four wing or a two wing. I always forget. Two wing. Okay. I always think that you're a four wing, oh, but it makes sense because you're not obsessed with like artistic fashion and all these things. If any no, of you guys are fours who are listening and you've wondered why you need to stand out all the time, it's because you're a four. Anyways, so Emily's a three with the two-wing, and so one of the things that I won't speak to Emily, but I'll just say threes in general, really, really struggle with, and a lot of you guys are threes who follow me because it's just three-eight combo, two-eight combo is just a thing. But anyways, so I think I have lipstick on my teeth, lol. Realness. Um, but a lot of threes really struggle with digging deep and letting their guard down. And for so long, I've coached this way. And it's funny how, again, because I grow as a coach too, right? I grow as a person. And for so long, I always knew that, but I didn't always know how to really quantify that as a coach where I would say, hey, 
you're doing this and it's because of this. But now that I'm growing as an Enneagram coach and, and learning those things about people and as a life coach and getting to do more of that through just pastoral stuff, you know, too, and mentoring and whatever outside of pageantry, it's so fun to be able to show somebody something like The Road Back to You, which now I have all my clients read. And I say, just go read the chapter about yourself and come back to me. And I remember when Emily read it and we've been trying to quantify this for a long time where I was like, Emily, no, let your guard down. And Lydia, you saw some of this at the mastermind too. But as, and she's like, well, I feel like I am. And I'm like, go listen back to yourself. You're not, but then you're this spunky, awesome person with so many other colors to who you are. So what was that unveiling like of, of realizing that you had all these other parts of you and again, sometimes it could be frustrated. Maybe why the heck am I not winning? Like I've won before. And how did you put all those pieces together and in, in now learning how to be more comfortable being vulnerable? Tell me about that process. Yeah. Well, when I read the book, it, they said something, it all starts from like one thing in your childhood. Mm-hmm. And so mine was, I was a principal's daughter. So I had to live up to this st- like double standard of being the principal's daughter, but also like being a good student at the same time. Mm. So it's always like having to be perfect, having to put on this like perfect image for all the teachers and all the students at school. And so I think that's where this whole putting up a guard started for me. That's good. And just realizing that I don't have to prove that anymore or wherever I am, even in an interview, you guys are just normal people. You want to see who I really am. So one thing that I do, especially during an interview is I can tell when I start to put my guard up because I get really short with my answers now. (laughs) So I just, it's more of like a self-talk thing. And it's like, no, put your guard down, take it down. You're not being your true self. And that's helped so much, especially this past year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So proud of you. And you guys, it's for those of you who are listening, it's a daily thing. We all deal with it. We all have our triggers. We all have our blind spots. We all have our core motivations and core fears. And so I just encourage you guys to figure out like what that is and what that means for you. Because when you figure out something even as simple as your Enneagram type, like Lydia talked about tools, you know, when we have these tools of the trade on purpose that are either man-made or God-made that are, that are to be used because they're to unlock that part of your identity that otherwise would take sometimes years to go around the mountain again and go around the mountain again where you're like, why do I keep doing this? I know it's wrong. I know I shouldn't be doing this, but I can't freaking stop doing it, right? And so the Enneagram is an amazing tool and y'all hear me talk about that all the freaking time. I know, but it is such an amazing tool to be able to unlock those parts of your identity. Um, Demi, go for it. I just wanted to say something really quickly because what Emily said um, just kind of spoke to me because that is something that I deal with every single day. (laughs) I knew you were three. (laughs) I have bosses who come up to me and they're like, Demi, I could sit here and talk to you for hours. Like you're so spunky and bubbly and funny. But then I turn on the TV and I'm like falling asleep because you're just not, you're just not yourself. And it took me, I don't know if it was getting to the new station I'm at now, like I'm the youngest person. Actually, I'm the youngest on-air talent in all of Indianapolis right now. So that's like, that was a big thing where I was like, nobody's going to want to listen to me talk because I'm 20. When I started, I was 24. I'm going to be 25 in a couple weeks. So I was like, I'm 24. I'm working next to reporters who are in their 50s. They have all this experience. This is their dream job. And I worked in a small market for two years and I worked my butt off and I got here, but now I'm here and I'm afraid. 
Mm-hmm. So every single day I get on, I get on camera and I'm like, I tell myself like, just be yourself, just be bubbly, just be, that's why you're here. But you have to keep doing that all the time. So it's funny to hear you say that because it is something that you're going to struggle with for the rest of your life. But you have the tools because of this, because of pageants, because of things that you've been through to help mm-hmm. you get through that. because I'm telling you every, like you were saying that, and I was like, I really can relate to that because every single day I have to tell myself when you're on camera, you're not, you don't have to act like you're on camera. You just have to act like yourself. Mm -hmm. And it sounds stupid, but it's such a hard, such a hard thing for me, Mm -hmm. but it's something that I'm learning and working with and growing through every single day. Yeah. So proud of you guys. That's so good. And Lydia, you have a little different perspective, obviously, being a two. So for those of you guys who don't know what that is, that's a helper. Um, Or no, you're a six. You're a six. Never mind. You're totally a six. Six, but like you know more than I do. No, you're a six. You're totally a six. I forget. And you have a seven wing, I think. Yeah, wow. You're insanely good at it. It's just because I'm a freak and obsessed with it. So how did you kind of unveil what were maybe some of those things for you of the walls that you had to put down being a sick, somebody who God created to be very cautious about things and empathetic and aware of the things around you. And like, totally, if I, if there was a, like an apocalypse kind of like right now or worst case scenario, you want to go to the sixes because they are so anxious about everything that they got a plan because they've already worked it out in their head. 20 years ago to be ready for today. So how did, how do you navigate um, the different seasons of pageantry and life and just all those different things with your personality type? So for me, I'm also all over the place, right? So that whole what if thing about my personality, always being really anxious or cautious about what I put myself into. Sometimes that's kind of what feeds my imposter syndrome because I'm like, what if I fail? Mm. Um, so because I have that in the back of my mind, sometimes I'll just completely give up on something before I've allowed myself to delve into it. Mm-hmm. And it really taught me how to not let that anxiousness really overcome me or that what if in my mind hold me back. Um, I think a really great example, I was just in my first professional production as an adult. Um, I hadn't done a musical in four years because I kind of put all of my eggs in one basket of pageantry for the last mm-hmm. four years. So I knew I wanted to get back into musicals. I'm pursuing um, performing in musicals outside of my student career at Trine University. And I auditioned for a a really uh, tough musical. I didn't even think I'd make the ensemble and I got one of the leading roles. And if I had let that what if um, deter me from auditioning or if I had let the what if deter me from continuing to compete four years ago or even three Mm -hmm. years ago, Um, I wouldn't be where I am today. So just not letting that what if hold me back. Uh, And then another thing you said is that I am really empathetic and I really do like to hear everyone out and what they have to say. And sometimes that means um, I have a bad habit of listening to the wrong voices in my life because Mm -hmm. I do care about what everyone thinks. And I really want to people please everyone Mm because I want to consider everyone's feelings. But sometimes there's people who are telling you things without the correct intentions um, and maybe from a selfish place or maybe from a place of just not, you know, simply not knowing what they're talking about. And that's okay. Um, And you just really have to learn like, why is this person in my life? Is this person healthy in my life? Are they 
um, you know, giving me this, this advice out of the good intention of their heart or because of something that they want out of me or just to be mm -hmm. able to say that they help me. So just really taking those two things about my personality and keeping them in check has been important for me. Yeah, so proud of you. Just to watch where all of you guys have come is so inspiring. And um, that's just, I mean, that's the beautiful thing about pageantry is you get to be around women who truly want to change the world. And whether we end up changing the world through pageantry or, or not, it maybe in the way that we originally expected, um, pageant women really do go on to change the world and do amazing things because that fire is just lit in you where you're like, well, I can't, what am I going to do? Slow down and like, just not have dreams now? Um, no. So I'd love for all three of you guys to kind of share your perspective of how, um, and Emily, obviously you're still competing. So it's a little bit different but maybe how you thought that pageantry would be the end goal for you, but how it ended up actually being the launching pad for you to be who you are now and to affect your careers and your relationships and who you are as a person. So whoever would like to go first, go for it. <laughs> Do you want me to call on someone? Okay, Demi, go. <laughs> go first, I hate being that girl. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say really quickly before I talk about myself though every time I hear Lydia talk I get a little tear because she's grown up I've known Lydia for a long time you know awesome. she really has bless her yeah. heart so every time I listen to her talk I'm like who is this girl <laughs> it makes me like pretty emotional because she's uh, grown up so much and she's not a girl she's a woman and like, <laughs> when did that happen I mean I'm not we're not like that far apart in age but uh, the, the time that I've been around her, she's grown up so much and turned into a really amazing powerhouse of a woman. And it's cool to see that. <laughs> I love That's you. right. I love you too. We've all grown up so much. It's insane. Yeah. Love it. Oh, yeah. There's just this confidence in her that I'm like, where did that come from? It came from Megan Swanson. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. It came from you, girl. You did the work. <sighs> oh, I love oh. you guys. Can you ask the question one more time? Yeah. So how did pageants end up being maybe the launching pad? I think a lot of times we, like for me, even being Miss Nebraska six years ago, I was like, okay, that's my goal. Like that's the end of my vision. That's all I can really see for myself. And I was all, I think I always knew in my heart that I wanted to do USA, but you know, when you're in one system or the other for a long time, you're just like, this is my only thing, you know? And uh, I told Emily, I'm still bugging her to do USA. As soon as she wins, I'm like, okay, so next year, let's do this. Um, Cause I think both systems provide totally different, like amazing things for women. Yeah. But- you um, Find yourself. And yes. And then you thought, yeah. Oh yeah. And, and I remember when you texted me last year too, when you got top five at Indiana USA and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so proud of you. And I was just like, tell me everything. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. So. Tell us a little bit about maybe from the end of your journey in America, how obviously you were pursuing this Indiana. Everybody is like, okay, I'm going to win. I'm going to do this. But maybe how was that actually the launching pad despite disappointment or just different expectations to greater success and future things that have gotten you excited and, and told, you know, taught you about who you are as a person since then? Yeah. I, you know, I had a really hard time after Miss Indiana from MAO just because I always thought, I always told myself like, that's going to, that's what I'm going to be when I grow up. That's who yep. I'm going to be. I'm going to be Miss Indiana. And again, Miss Indiana was in my hometown for years. It used to be in the Northern part of the state, which is really weird. 
Um, but it was there for years. And my parents, like my grandpa sponsored Miss Indiana's car. Like my family has a really long history in the Miss America, Miss America organization. So my life always was, you're going to grow up and you're going to be Miss Indiana. And I, I always just told myself that. And I got done competing in, uh, MAO and I, I don't know, I, I, someone reached out to me and they were like, you should not be done, but you should switch to, to Miss U.S. Switch. (laughs) (laughs) No way. Like, it's not for me. Like, I just feel like, I feel like I want to speak and I want to have, you know, a platform and I want to have things that I, that I, other people can feed off of. And I just didn't feel like Miss USA was that way. Mm -hmm. Well, I went and I was like, oh my gosh, Miss USA is whatever you want it to be. Mm -hmm. And that's what I loved so much about it. And I remember texting my mom backstage and saying, I've never felt more like myself on stage or in a pageant or whatever, just because I wasn't trying to be Miss Indiana, Miss America, that I'd grown up trying to be my entire life since I was, since I could talk, since I could walk, that, that was what I tried to be. So then I did uh, Miss USA, Miss Indiana USA, and ended up getting top five. And again, did not expect that. Every time they called my name to advance, I was like, what is going on? Like, what is happening? And I finished that weekend and I said, you know what, I think I'm good. You know, it was cool, I got top five, I'm done. And I went back to life and work and being a reporter and the the daily grind. And I decided that I was going to just keep doing it as long as I can keep doing it. And I think a lot of us feel that way. But for me now, it's changed because it's not something that I think I have to do. It's something that I want to do because I have the ability to because I'm young enough to. I can financially do it. And I don't want to look back on my life and say, what if I never kept going? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that perspective has changed again, because when I was, I mean, just even five years ago, if you would have asked me what I wanted to do, I would always just say, I want to be Miss Indiana. Mm-hmm. I want that crown. But I was looking at it in all the wrong ways. Because mm-hmm. when I step back and I think about, and for me to say this is huge because I, I didn't always believe it, mm-hmm. but my job in itself is such a powerful job and I never it sounds stupid but I never realized the work I was doing yeah until I took a step back and I was like I have the power to go on tv and speak in front of millions of people come on and they're looking to me to give them answers they're asking me questions they're expecting me to go to to hold government officials accountable, to hold people in our community accountable, and I'm the person they're coming to, that is way cooler, I'm sorry, than a crown. And I have to tell myself that because now that crown is something that I want, not something that I need. And for me, that's been such a huge realization in my life. And I still want it, and I'm still going to go for it. You're going to get it. Let's go. (laughs) But it's not a need in my life anymore. And I think that that can help you so much as a professional, whether you work in TV, whether you work in STEM, whether you work in PR, just knowing that your, your job and your hobbies and that is just such a small part of who you are. Yeah, come on. And you have to just know who you are and what you want. And you have to almost compartmentalize those things in your life and tell yourself like, 
yeah, I do want this, but that doesn't mean I need it. And that doesn't mm. mean that's what defines me. And I think just breaking down those barriers and telling myself, you don't need this, but it's okay to want it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you just made me cry. So that's amazing. Um, you guys, for those of you guys who are listening and Emily and Lydia too, all of you guys, like if I could quantify in words exactly why I do what I do and how I want every woman to feel at the end of coaching with me, it is that. And the really hard thing about being a coach is when you guys win, I win. And when you lose, I lose. And it, it makes me cry because we build such a bond and such a relationship. I mean, it's been, you know, three years, Demi, since we've worked together, which is like stupid. Like how the heck did that happen? And, or, you know, two, two and a half, maybe whatever. And, um, when you guys are crying on the inside or dealing with hard things, like I feel that because God made me to care in those ways and to be that protector and that person who's a mother to you guys or a big sister or whatever it is. And so it's really, really, really difficult when you work so closely with somebody and then something doesn't go their way, you know? And at the end of your journey at Miss Indiana, I remember just thinking, what the frick just happened? Like, and I was mad, you know what I mean? Because we had worked so hard. So to see this come full circle and for you to still get the validation and almost the vindication of, you know, not giving up and then ultimately doing this thing on a whim to where that was kind of God's stamp of approval of like, Hey, see, like I didn't leave you. I had a plan the whole time, but we can't try and just hold so tightly to something where we're like, okay, this is the plan. And this is the way that it's going to work. You know, I think we've all had moments of disappointment, like Lydia, great. You made top 15, but guess what? You should have gone further. And so I still would have been disappointed after that because you knew that you had one of the top on stage questions and I was screaming at my TV, you know, or whatever, right? Like Emily, you got top whatever at Miss America's Outstanding Teen, but then you're still disappointed after that. There's still always a limit to where if anything's outside of our expectation, me not making top 15 Miss America, looking back now, I'm like, thank you, Jesus, I didn't make top 15. I did not deserve it. And what the heck was I doing? You know, but that has given me a platform to be able to speak to you guys in a totally different perspective than just if everything was easy all the time. And so it is so gratifying to hear now, Demi, just so you know, hearing from me that you have that perspective because everyone deserves to get to that place. But so many people get stuck and quit trying before they're able to really look themselves in the mirror and be like, you know what? Nothing, ain't nothing going to change my worth. Like seriously, ain't nothing going to put a price on what I am. And I'm not going to give my validation away to one sector of influence that I originally thought was the plan because plan M could have been better than plan A anyways. I just want to say something really quick. I think so many women could benefit from competing in a pageant just because it does really knock you down, <laughs> hold you right back up. Yep. And I deal with people, not just women, but people on a daily basis who are real life bullies, but it's because there's something going on in here. Totally. And I think all of us have had that struggle within ourselves to be like, okay, just because I feel badly about myself doesn't mean I need to make you feel badly about yourself. Come on. That's maturity. That's beautiful. Oh my gosh. That's maturity. And how we can be walking in that at like 20 years old. Thank you. You know, going to Miss America, being on national television, Lydia, you were like 20, 21, Emily, you are 20 now and might be going to Miss America this year. I mean, if anyone's going to tell me that pageantry does not prepare women for the world, I'm like, wake up and smell the roses. Talk to us for five minutes. Like I get feisty about that crap because I'm like, yo, you haven't met a single one of us. 
So I'm so proud of every single one of you guys. Um, kind of closing this off, I'd love for everybody to get a chance just to talk about how you feel like you have really been equipped for the world in terms of your communication skills. Um, I always love telling people, I'm like, dude, there is not a job interview in the world that will intimidate one of my clients because we've done something harder. Um, but whatever you kind of want to close off just talking about of how pageantry has affected your relationships or your communication skills or just how you've come to find maybe that aha moment for yourself, like Demi was just talking about. Um, let's start with Emily and then we'll go to Lydia and then Demi, you can finish this off. Yeah, well, right now I'm in my second year of college. I'm majoring in biology with minors in psych uh, psychology and chemistry with hopes to go to medical school. So not looking forward to preparing for the MCAT uh, in the next <laughs> uh, But also just the Miss America organization gave me that launch pad um, for my career. My social impact initiative is called Creating Lifesavers, the importance of CPR. So I teach as many people as I can CPR in hopes that we can maybe lower the statistics of people dying um, from a cardiac arrest every day. Uh, so just wanting to start my career early helping people has really um, flourished because of this organization. Mm -hmm. Look at her talk about her platform now. <laughs> I love it. You guys, seriously, I remember our first coaching call and she like could not talk about her platform. And I was like, wait, what? Oh. what is it? And I remember you could talk about so many other things, but we'd get to your platform and it was just like all over the place. So to see where you've come now and, and just your maturity and so many people do not believe you, I'm sure. I mean, you're also tall, but when you say that you're 20 years old, just to watch you blossom and bloom and work through hardship and all the things that you've even been through in the past year, I just want you to know I'm so proud of you and, and look how you've impacted your little sister. I mean, her sister just got first runner up last weekend at Miss Minnesota's outstanding 14-year-old and went from making top 10 to first runner up. Like one talent, one like everything, like killed it. And so just Emily, yeah. I hope that you realize just the impact that you've had on your little sister's life. And how cool is that? That, you know what, even if you never get the validation of being Miss Minnesota, mm -hmm. you're going to go on to do amazing things. And I think you know that. And that's because you've been putting into practice these things since you were 17. And just for everyone listening, like just perspective is so important in life. And that's why mentorship is so important. And I don't even mean mentorship with me, but go find the right mentor for your life because there are things that we just simply have to humble ourselves and admit that we don't know. And, um, you know, for those of you guys who haven't listened to the podcast yet with Real Talk Kim, that's something that I prayed for and was on my knees, you know, asking God for, for two years because it was through the hardest season of my life, you know, through a toxic relationship and just the devil breaking me down to a fragment of who the Megan Swanson is that you guys have watched on social media for so long. And to think that something like that could even happen to me where homegirl over here, who's an Enneagram eight and doesn't take crap from anybody could still have that happen to her. Um, that can happen to anybody. And I just want to be the advocate and the, the mentor and kind of the strong tower for people who are going through real things um, to be able to, to do that. But I also need mentors, you know, and I think every good coach has coaches and mentors have mentors because life is a journey and it's going to take you down a lot of weird turns. And if you don't know who your people are, you guys, and you don't know who you are, you're just simply not going to get through it. Um, but the beautiful thing about that is, and I think we're all learning that through this time of coronavirus and everything, that digital media can connect us. It doesn't have to divide us. And we have amazing strategies like 
Zoom and other tools that uh, really, really smart people have made to help us connect with one another. And I just hope all of you guys listening can sense the heart even amongst these four women here um, and what it looks like to be walking in your power, even though that doesn't mean walking in perfection. But it just means being committed to the journey and saying, you know what, come hell or high water, I'm going to still keep putting one foot in front of another and thank God I'm not doing it alone. So that's my perspective on that. And Lydia, I'd love for you to kind of share about that too. So for me, really pageantry has catapulted me into so many things that I would not have been involved with or been confident enough to pursue without it. So first and foremost, I come from a family who couldn't afford my college, a huge reason I got involved in the first place. That's and awesome. now I have a private university in Indiana studying psychology with a minor in political science. Um, and then as I mentioned earlier, on top of that, I'm also trying to pursue a performing career as well, because I think I will always hit myself like 20 years from now if I didn't even at least try with theater. Uh, yep. And a huge thing that I noticed being in this first professional production I'm in, um, pageantry really gives you thick skin because in the performing arts specifically, and I'm sure Demi, you relate to this in the field that you're in, there's a lot of criticism. There's a lot of them mm -hmm. accountable of how can you go deeper? How can you be more authentic? How can you convey this story? And you have to be so vulnerable um, as a performer uh, to tap into something that connects you to something really deep and just become that and immerse yourself in it. It takes a lot of vulnerability and pageantry also takes a lot of vulnerability of looking at yourself. Mm -hmm. So that uh, really translates to performing arts in a way that I can't even describe. Um, and then the connections as well that you really gain as a title holder. First and foremost, those are connections that you'll take with you for the rest of your life. I know that I still use my school visits, my show choir, my theater connections that I made across the state of Indiana uh, professionally. And now I also know how to build those relationships and make those connections, which so has good. just been all around. Yeah, so good, so good. So I'm so proud of you guys. I mean, it's just been so cool to watch how all of you guys have even just like set boundaries for your life in terms of like being able to say no to things that don't serve you or people that don't serve you. And I think a lot of women really struggle with that because when, when, we receive a calling on our life and we feel led to want to pursue something like pageantry. It's oftentimes because we're somebody who was created to be somebody who is in a position of influence, whether that's through medicine, whether that's through broadcast journalism, whether that's through the arts, we're all called to be leaders. And so that's really difficult because on the pathway to leadership, you are going to get knocked down and you're going to have to learn how to re receive criticism. You're going to have to know how to receive all kinds of criticism, even bad criticism where it's like, thank you. But in, in my mind, I'm trashing that and never going to receive it ever again, you know, but coaching and mentoring and, and being around things like this and why we have our inner circle and why I'm always promoting and yelling at you guys on social media for the same thing over and over and over is because we all need people in our lives. We all need community. Um, you know, like you said, Lydia and Demi, you guys have known each other since you were teenagers. How beautiful. Um, but there's really no other sector that I can think of. If other people can think of that, let me know. Um, that women get to come together and be advocates for one another. And even if you're competing against each other, I mean, even Miss Nebraska USA, I was so surprised. I didn't really have an expectation. But my goodness, I had so much fun because I had no expectation. And I was like, you know what? I just get to go in and do my best. And it was like two days instead of like a week where I was like, yo, I can do this. This is great. But there's really no other industry where women can come together and, and form such natural, real friendships, because how often do you get to be around a bunch of women who want to take over the world? And I just want to encourage everyone who's listening today 
if your end goal doesn't end up being pageantry, really it shouldn't anyways, because guess what? You're going to have 80 other years of your life, hopefully, because I'll live to 100 um, after that, where you're going to have to get a new dream. And so like every single one of these women have said today, I encourage you, if I leave you with one thing today, if we leave you with one thing today, just really work hard to understand that what you do is not who you are and who you are cannot be what you do. Because then the second that that is separated or something goes outside of your expectation, you're going to be left with no foundation and a very, very crumpled identity that is going to have to rebuild. And guess what? We've all been there. We've all been there. I've been there several times. Um, but because we've walked through it, how about you just try to, I dare you just to trust us. Okay. It's just like, a, I feel like a mom right now. Your mom's always like, trust me, don't do this. I did this. And you're like, times are different. They're not different. You know, there might be social media, there might be different means of that, but people are still people. And, you know, we still sometimes get a little bit too close to people who are just bleeding on everyone. And uh, I'm like, you know what? I don't really feel like getting blood on me today. That's, that's not my vibe. So hang around people who are going to build you up. And even if that's on social media, follow all these women today. I'm going to attach all of their social media handles so you guys can listen and watch their uplifting content. But anyone who's attached to me is going to be somebody who's throwing up all over you with positive stuff because they know who you are. Um, they know who they are and they want you to know who you are. And so thank you so much, this ladies, for being on the podcast today. This is so much fun just to kind of let you guys be on the other side of things. And um, I'm just so looking forward to everybody getting to receive from this. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, thanks so much for listening to this episode of season two of the Powerhouse Podcast. I'm Coach Megan. As always, you can follow me at Megan underscore Swanson. You can DM us to join our email list. You can follow us at Powerhouse Pageantry or at the Powerhouse Project. And I'm so excited to get to continue to pour into your life spiritually, physically, financially, emotionally, mentally, and relationally. Wow, that's a mouthful. In this beautiful year of 2020, never forget your worth, stand up for what you believe in, and allow your spirit to stand up on the inside of you to show you who you really are. Have a great day.